Welcome to the Cyber Nation Uncensored Podcast. We welcome all Chumbas, Edge Runners, Vault Dwellers, Wastelanders, Spice Traders, and Space Folders. Thanks for joining us. Please give us a great review and also be sure to join us on both YouTube and Twitch. We'd love to see you on a live stream. Thanks again. See you soon. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What's up, everybody? We're officially back at the GM Roundtable. With me, as always, is my co-host, Phil Harker-Smith. What's up, man? How you doing? Hello. I'm good, Rob. How you doing, man? Doing good. I'm glad to be back uh, doing the GM Roundtable. It's been, yeah. uh, wow, like over a year, I think. Uh, almost a it's year, too, maybe. too long. Yeah, it's it, too long. I think that's a good uh, a time frame. <laughs> yeah, too it's long, been too yeah. long. I'm excited to be back. Um, yeah, anybody tuning in, we did the GM Roundtable uh, years ago. Me and Phil pretty much hosted it up since the very beginning. We had numerous guests uh, come through, did a bunch of episodes, and then uh, got focused on between real life stuff, expanding our own brands and everything else, all the gameplay, everything that we've been doing. I uh, just kind of lost track of the Roundtable and finally was able to put some time aside, get back together, plan it out, and get this back going on the last Friday of every month. I'm just excited to be back, um, and we have some excellent guests with us. Uh, awesome guests at the table today. Do. Oh yeah, and um, and a great topic too. Uh, you know, and NPC tips uh, for any TTRPG. I think it's a great subject for all GMs, even players too, uh, to learn just the intricacies of how NPCs work, so they can be a better player as well. Um, but yeah, I'm excited, man. Uh, I think, look, let's just get right to the table. Let's get to our guests. We can go around the table, all introduce ourselves and stuff, and just dive right into the subject. Uh, you ready to go? Let's oh, I'm ready. Go. All right, let's get to it. All right, we're at the table. Uh, let's make sure everyone's mics are working. Uh, Seth and Dredd, uh, check your mics. Say hello. 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 Nice. Ooh, sultry. You guys sound great. <laughs> you guys sound great. Um, yeah, this is the GM Roundtable. Thanks so much for being our guests. Uh, if you haven't heard, me and Phil have been doing this a long time. We took a big gap uh, over a year uh, before we've done a new episode, and now we're back at it. I'm so excited. And this is the new format, too. We've kind of, uh, I don't know, laser-focused. Phil, what, what would you say? Streamlined it. Streamlined it, absolutely. Oh, we've streamlined it. We used to have a lot of sections and, and stuff. Uh we feel like uh, we want to pick just like a strong topic uh, and then uh, give that topic the the room it needs to breathe uh, and talk around it uh, rather than kind of break it up into these little sections and stuff. Just more focus on the, the discussion itself. Oh, yeah. Better deep dive that way, too. I think it was a great decision. Um, but yeah, before we get into the subject, we know we have a great one today. Before we get into it, though, let's do like we usually do. Let's go around the table. Everyone, just take a moment to introduce yourself. Uh, let people know where they can find you online and what you got going on. Um, I'll start it off. I'm the founder of CyberNation Uncensored. And uh, yeah, we do all kinds of stuff like this. Uh, all kinds of talk shows and tips and series, tutorials, and tons of gameplay. Not just me. I run multiple teams, um, all kinds of, of games and stuff as GM. But we showcase all kinds of other GMs and games as well. Um, I've got Dune coming up. Uh, well, Cyberpunk Red tomorrow, Dune Sunday, uh, Monday. I'm running Shadows of Asterin. Uh, every Thursday, I run uh, Cyberpunk Red for Sirenscape with Phil. He's always with me there as a player. Um, so lots of stuff going on all over the place. So check out CyberNation Uncensored here on Twitch, YouTube, and anywhere there's a podcast. 
I'd also like to give a quick shout out to all the supporters on Patreon that opted in. Kevin Moreno, Joseph Holder, Naomi Madlass, William Huddleston, Jamie Minch, Sean Erfurt, Leaded Coffee, Chris Anderson, Matt James, Jerem Reservoir Panda, Rothen aka Renegade 20, Samurai Mac, Steve Barr of Sirenscape, another official sponsor here at Cyber Nation Uncensored, Zeno, Zach Capricious Nature, uh, Cyber Smiley Raven, Andy Stretton, Copious Salt, Derek Lawrence, uh, Daniel Terry, Alex Maxwell, Nicholas King, Tracy Goodwin, a.k.a. Stink Palm, Igor, Chris Callies, Homer Odyssey, and Ryan Anderson, who I missed last time. Shout out to Ryan Anderson. I really apologize for that. But Phil, when you tell people what you're all about. Hello. Uh, so, yeah, I'm Phil Harker-Smith. I am uh, one of four of the main cast of Roll to Cast. That's R-O-L-E to cast. Uh, we're a, uh, a quadrio of uh, Aussie actors who do a podcast uh, of a variety of TTRPGs. So we're currently in our eighth season uh, of uh, every kind of RPG you can imagine. We've got Cyberpunk 2020 and Red. We've done Kids on Bikes. We've done Vampire. We've done Witcher. Uh, we just finished Avatar Legends, which just came out. Uh, and we're in the middle of Starfinder at the moment as well. That's just kicked off. Um, so you can get that wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you like. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel. We do uh, a live uh, monthly show, a uh, little live stream chosen by our patrons. Uh, and then, uh, so that's uh, tomorrow. Uh, and that is going to be Bluebeard's Bride run by my colleague, Ellen. Uh, so yeah, check out Rollercast for uh, all your uh, variety TTRPG needs. It, um, it's like half an hour, uh, original soundtrack and uh, lots of tight editing. So it's a, it's a really fun, fun podcast. I hope people would uh, check it out. Oh, yeah. And you just did that live, or well, you have the live uh, show coming up too, not just a podcast, but you're actually doing We that do, yeah. yeah. So That's the really Adelaide cool. Fringe, we have a live show. Four of us are doing one show each, where we do our favorite games that we've done over the last uh, three years of making the podcast. So yeah, Adelaide Fringe uh, over the four weekends, end of February through March. Very cool. Uh, Dread, what's up? Thanks for joining us. You're our first Hello. official guest with the new hi. format and stuff. Ah, yeah. Look at me. Uh, oh, yeah. Hi, uh, I'm, I'm Dread GM, also known as Dread. Uh, oh, you can call me Josh if you like. Uh, if you want to check out what I do, uh, you can find me on the Twitch channel, Dreaded GM. Also currently going through growing our YouTube channel, which is super exciting. Uh, but I'm most known around the internet for the charity events that I've held in the past. Uh, I don't like talking about them because I like good for good's sake. But if you want to check that out, you can find it on uh, on the link tree as well. Uh, but yeah, professional voice actor and game master here on the internet. Uh, I'm very excited to be here uh, with these illustrious people here on this round table to talk about NPCs. Hell yeah. I got to say, too, and a fellow uh, GM with dreadlocks. Ooh, I got my, my dreads uh, hey. go all the way down to the hey. floor here. I, got, oh, uh, I was so excited. I was. I was like, like oh, look at baby dreads. I was like, look let's at us go. go. We need more. Yeah. We're, we're multiplying. Power let's, dreads let's, unite. More let's, of us. let's do this. Exactly. <laughs> we hold our power, right? <laughs> we hold our power. Exactly. Never cut them off. Otherwise, it's oh, yeah. It's, it's all over. <laughs> yeah. I want. I once posted, I was thinking about cutting them because I've had them so long. They drag the floor. I have to cut them every once in a while. And one of my friends like replied back like, no, you're going to lose all your mojo. What are you thinking? And they, they were freaking out. I was like, oh, man. I, so I never cut them. I was like, ah, oh, that's how I had me worried. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about doing like the the, the side shave. Sorry, t quick tangent. Quick quick tangent about the dreads. I'm sorry, Seth. Uh, I was thinking about doing the side shave as well, but I found and uh, I found out that you can actually like reattach them if you want. So you can get them reattached. So if you ever feel like that's crazy, just putting down the the mantle for a bit, you could you weave them back in or that. something. Yeah, you can weave them back in. Yeah, that's what my nice. optician said. That's, that's crazy. Right. They're called locticians. So. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey. Our other guest here, our, our, our other first official guest on the new format, so excited to have you here. The man that barely even needs an introduction. Everyone knows the name. People in chat were already giving you props of reason getting back into TTRPGs and such. You have so many, so much great content. Just mad props to you, Seth Skorkowski. Tell people what's up. Hey, well, hey, thanks for having me. And I'm actually really happy uh, to be talking with Dread again, uh, even though I don't, don't have dreadlocks. Um, <laughs> I'm Seth Skorkowski. Um, I'm, a, I'm a novelist. I have a YouTube channel that talks about tabletop role-playing games, how-tos and reviews, and sometimes just really stupid videos because that was the mood I was in. That's under the highly imaginative name Seth Skorkowski. Uh, I am a podcaster with the Modern Mythos podcast where we, we usually talk about investigative horror games, uh, like Call of Cthulhu is one of the main folks, mostly horror games. And um, that's 
That's a, it's pretty much me. Uh, that's, uh, that's all I do. Nice. Well, I'm so excited to have you here. Like I said, I'm a big fan. Your content is amazing. Like, like I said, people in chat are already commenting about it. Same with you, Dread, since I got familiar with what you're doing, which I was introduced to you through uh, the Roll to Cast uh, friends I got yeah. here. Phil and Ellen actually introduced us. Yeah. Um, so, so excited to see what you do. And then, of course, the, the dreadlocks, you know. But, <laughs> but yeah, and then, Phil, as always, to have me and you back at the GM Roundtable excited. So let's do it. Let's dive in. Today's topic. chats. Oh, yeah. Real fast. You've got a big topic. Real, yeah. Real fast. Phil, have you ever played Bluebeard's Ride before? I haven't, no. A Ellen has been going on about it for about a million years. Uh, okay, she's you're her favorite in for game. a treat. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, I know a little bit about it, but yeah, she's she's kind of bringing us in blind. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It is a cool, cool game. So oh, I love, I love innovative, strange games. So, um, but we're not talking about innovative, strange games. We're talking about NPCs today. It's Very a huge good. topic, yes. and I'm sure everyone has lots to, to say in. about it. But oh, yeah. and as always, but we have to decide initiative. Who's going to act first? Ooh, uh, right. So yeah. I, I think it's time everyone rolled a d20 and uh, gave us the results. Let's roll for initiative here. I've got my uh, my d20 from my D Modifius Dune set. The uh, Arrakis Sand Dunes. I love this. Shout out to Modifius, another official sponsor. It's here at Cybernation Uncensored. Let's roll them. See what we got. I got a 10. It's going to be 17, guys. I only got a 10. I rolled a natural uh, 20, but I rolled a natural 20 before stream, so I feel like if people don't trust uh, no. it, oh, you're that <laughs> you got guy. It's just like the, the, the statistics on rolling two natural 20s is ridiculous. So, oh, so, so so what did you get, Seth? So I'm rolling my Q Workshop RPG. Hey! Official. It's a Skorkowski dice. What? And, um, Little dice flex. You got your hey. Oh, shit. Look at this dice flex going that's on a, here. That's a big flex. I, I, I think that Seth should get advantage. Yeah, I think he gets a plus um, two. Yeah, at least. Your own name dice and I still do. You get advantage. For sure. What did you roll? What did you roll, Seth? I got a four. <laughs> All right. Well, it sounds like Dread. You lead it up. Look, we we all have probably have multiple different tips and things, and we might even cross over, obviously. But uh, let's just use this initiative to at least start off the, the round, and everybody at least name one tip, oh. and then everyone can re respond to their tip that they mentioned or whatever, and then move on to the next GM uh, like we do. But Dread, yeah, start it off. What's your first uh, tip for NPCs? NPCs, NPCs, NPCs. Um, the one thing that I would probably give as a tip, and I don't know if anyone else agrees with this, but not to lose sight of the NPCs uh, from a GM's point of view being the, the GM's avenue for play, right? Uh, so one of the things that I had to sort of think on a lot as a game master was who does the NPC serve? Uh, ultimately, it serves, you know, the story and the, the players, but also don't forget that you're there to play as well and you want to get enjoyment out of your NPCs. So always keep an eye on, like, what the NPC is there for, uh, what you want to do with it, and uh, if you and don't betray your NPCs for the sake of, uh, you know, uh, uh, for, the, for everyone else. Remember that you need to get your enjoyment out of that character as well. Uh, and for someone like me, who's very, like, player-focused and very player, uh, uh, wanting the players to have the best time, for me, that was a struggle for a long time. But some NPCs are for you, and that's okay. Oh, yeah. I think that's a great I think, point. I think you make better NPCs when you're excited about them, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, uh, exactly. NPCs that I have kind of, like, because sometimes there's those ones that spontaneously happen and you fall in love with them. Like, there's, like, whatever personality. And the GM is just having a blast oh, yeah. playing whatever this random person is players eat that up yeah and yeah. even though it's like well it's the shopkeeper's assistant is now the most beloved person in this entire universe because at the moment you decided to talk like that i don't know you got possessed with the personality of somebody else and everybody's like yeah they, they love that so so yes if the gm is playing and they're enjoying and having fun the players feed off of that yeah. and which encourages that more often so yeah totally agree yeah and i think uh, putting putting the focus like you said on on it being the gm's kind of outlet to actually play too like you know you always kind of use npcs to whether to push plot plots forward or you know be like a mechanism of the game but like you said like don't lose sight of to have fun with it it is your chance as a yeah. gm to kind of get in the world with the players and stuff it's a lot of fun 
100%. Most definitely. Um, Yeah, Phil, I think you're next in the initiative there. What you got? Yeah, okay. So um, for anyone who's got this far and doesn't know what NPC means, uh, uh, (laughs) it means non-player character, just in case anyone... Uh, you know, we should. We, we probably should have started. Assumptions earlier. Probably should have started we with the basics. Started with that. It's yeah. a non-player character, which is all the, all the characters that the the storyteller, the GM, the referee, whatever you want to call yourself, uh, plays during the course of play, uh, which can be many, many characters. So a thing I hear a lot about is is people say, oh, "I can't do voices." You know, I can't be a good GM or I can't do good NPCs because I can't do voices. And my tip is that's not true. Uh, doing voices does not mean doing an accent or doing a crazy kind of voice. There are many, many ways to very quickly and very simply modulate your your voice to give a character some kind of different sound to your voice. So um, the ways I would recommend as being easiest are pace, uh, pitch, and uh, mannerisms, right? So pace, very simple. This character talks much more slowly than you do already they have a different feel about them suddenly you've got a wise character you've got someone who's a bit more considered and equally if you just decide to speak fast and keep going uh, rattling from one sentence to the next you're already building a character right you're not doing a voice you're just speaking faster What's so, and same thing with pitch you just a younger character or someone who's a bit more nervous you just pitch your voice up i'm just speaking how normally would with a high slightly high pitch voice and you've got a differentiation there so with a low voice character just drop the larynx down here uh, and then your character is someone else and mannerisms is simply as much as like someone puts in lots of ums or uh, you know uh hesitations or someone repeats themselves a lot um, you know, it can get more complicated, uses the wrong words in the wrong situations. But if you have someone who has a stammer or, or someone who, um, uh, well, uh, well, uh, yeah, has lots of stops and starts, you have another mannerism, uh, and you can mix and match those across characters. And suddenly you're doing voices and you've given your characters uh, a bit of differentiation and a bit of life. And it's uh, really uh, not as hard as you imagine it to be. That is my tip. That's a great tip. Yeah, I think a lot of people are intimidated by uh, really getting into NPCs and characterizing them with a voice. Uh, because I think, like like you said, a lot of people think they have to just do like an accent. And I, what a great tip. Mm. Like, you know, there's so many other ways you can, like you said, slow it down, speed it up, go higher pitch, go lower pitch. There's four ways right there that anyone can do, you know, um, and instantly kind of uh, give some variety to the NPCs. Great tip. Yeah. Anyone anyone else feel about that? What I'll add to that is, is two things is uh, not, not just the modulation of everything, but if you add an emotion, uh, they're bored, they're angry, they're distracted, uh, you know, just literally come up with an adjective and then add that to it. Uh, but most of mine are really bad impersonations. And I'm terrible <laughs> at impersonations. So nobody knows I'm impersonating anything half That's the great. time. But, but it is the kind of like, like that, uh, well, he, he, he talks like, you know, Steve Buscemi and yeah. I can't do a Steve Buscemi to save my life, but everybody knows I'm talking differently, uh, but they'll never recognize what it is or not main characters, bit characters from different movies uh, our most famous like random cyberpunk gang member of all time was that dude that tried to rob bruce willis in the fifth element the give me the cash guy uh, yeah yeah and, and, and they bumped into him and he's saying all this other stuff i think they would get it because he did have to say give me the cash but it it, it that was that was all it was was this guy was on screen for like a minute in a movie and it was like it was. It is played by this guy right here, and so I, I will often just kind of pull from different characters or different actors or or whatnot into a really bad impersonation, and that's kind of my method. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. I think that's a great way too. Like you know, if you if if you're scared of accents, you want to practice that. Phil's kind of pointers of manipulating the voice, but Seth, that's a great idea. You know, like even if you're bad at impressions, like it doesn't matter. Like just try to do these different impressions and you're automatically going to sound different than you normally do. And you're making this new character or whatever. It might not be that exact impression you were going for, but you absolutely made a new voice and character, you know? 
And and you, it also will you will naturally start doing mannerisms because you're trying yeah. you're, you're you're trying to channel a person. So it's not like yeah. you're like a blank slate and you're making it up. You're kind of like, mm. well, you know, how how would Patrick Warburton do this? And yeah, you, know, you kind of go through your and, and and it kind of builds this whole character around the fact it's a bad impersonation, even though the character they are is nothing like whatever. So that's that's my tip. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I know, and that definitely goes hand in hand uh, with Phil's tip there. Um, I, did you have something to add, Red? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So the one thing I'll say is to remember that you're in a collaborative community when you sit down at the table. As a game master, the more you put in, the more others will put in as well. One of the most magical things about TTRPGs, in my opinion, is that we all get to be actors, voice actors, uh, storytellers, uh, and, and we get to build that community together. So if you're feeling nervous, just let everyone know that you're feeling nervous if, you, if that's the type of table that you have and start building that collaborative space because I bet you other people at the table are just as nervous about doing voices as well. And many times that I've, I've jumped in with a voice that I wasn't sure on and, and I'm usually okay with it because I'm looking across the table and, and everyone else is just doing their best uh, to sort of bring their characters to life. Um, another thing I wanted to, I, I didn't want to jump on anyone, but like with the pitch control, sometimes that's a bit hard for people. But one thing that I'll say as a voice actor myself, there is a cool trick you can do. Um, uh, Morgan Freeman, uh, deepened Morgan Freeman's voice by practicing speaking after yawning. So if you want to get to that lower register, as you yawn, your, your larynx will drop and you'll stretch out that vocal cord and you should be able to hit those lower notes. Nice. Uh, and my vocal teacher that are from singing taught me, if you ever, you think of it, the cutest thing that you can think of and just go, Aww, and you can get that those higher notes as well. Because that's how you get up there. You're like, oh my gosh, it's such a cutie. Uh, you can get up to that higher sort of like uh, register as well. So there's a little voice actor tip there. Um, but I will say that they're, they're, even if you're not good at voices, and I know there are GMs out there that don't like doing voices, and that's fine as well. Uh, one thing that I do often, if I'm not feeling a voice or if I'm not feeling like I want to act or whatnot, I'll give a description instead. So I'll, I'll explain the emotion that's held on the face rather than actually pull the face. I'll, I'll talk about this deep, rich voice instead of actually giving the deep, rich voice if I don't feel like doing it. And you have that power as a game master, and that could be incorporated into your style. So one of the really cool things about tabletop role-playing games is there's so many ways to do things. Uh, and it's, it's one of my favorite things as well is, like, it's a big infinite pos uh, uh, sorry, puzzle that I'm trying to figure out how to do things differently and whatnot. So yeah, have fun with it and then build that community at your table uh, is essentially my tip uh, um, amongst all those other tips that I just sort of like threw out there. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of bouncing off of that, uh, you're kind of you go, sometimes players are a little bit shy and they don't mm. want to do that. Uh, always compare it to like early at the night at a club. Nobody will get on the dance floor until yeah, that one brave son of a exactly. bitch walks out there by themselves. And then like three minutes later, the dance floor is packed, but it required that one person who's like, you know what? I ain't afraid to dance in front of a room yeah. alone. And they yeah. just go out there and do it's it. And do so it. true. So if, if, if you just go for it, that actually gets people so excited. And once yeah. the first person in the room, whether it's a player, the gym, whoever, the first person just, O's for it. And everybody's like, oh, they're having so much fun. Everybody just starts doing it so much easier. And, and yeah. if you if you if you're fortunate enough you've got a player that is absolutely into that, oh, it's like a godsend because it's like, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, Ricky's got this. <laughs> um, but but, but once the first person does it, everyone's like, Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. You just you show you, Yeah, you show your vulnerability, you just kind of open up, don't you know. Don't put on that same sort of shy, I, I can't do it first. Like if you can just break that, that ice and kind of start it off, I, I've seen it happen. Yeah, everyone tends to be able to jump in a little easier, but it's so true. You know, people are kind of nervous about being first, you know? Yeah, um, yeah the tip that, so my, what was that? What was that, Phil? I said you got to fake it till you make it. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. In every industry, in every way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my yeah. we're up to my initiative here. And my tip kind of goes, you know, hand in hand with what Seth was kind of saying, trailing off of what Phil Phil's tip was with like giving them an emotion for me. Um, one of the first things I tend to do with an NPC, and, I, and I've got a couple other little things to get into in, on the next round that, that also kind of go with what Phil was saying, but in a different way. But, uh, but this one kind of struck me first was giving them a motivation. Um, every time I, I create an NPC, 
Um, I'll just give them one simple motivation and it helps kind of open up their personality, their reactions to the players and things. And it, the motivation might be plot oriented or it might just be real life oriented. Like if they go into a bodega, the shop owner is like, you know, his motivation is like he just wants to get off work. He's been pulling doubles for, you know, all fucking week. And he's just, what, what, what do you want? Okay, I, I don't know. I've never seen that person. He just has no fucking time for the players. They've got to really persuade him and, you know, that sort of way. And, and, and maybe it doesn't have to do with the plot. It's just his life, you know? Or maybe it, he, you directly have their motivation have to do with the plot. Like, you know, maybe, you know, they're avoiding the person you mentioned because they're scared of whoever's involved or something, whatever it is. But I think starting an NPC with like their personal motivation, and it could just be, like I said, one simple thing, uh, just helps kind of bring them to life when, when the players meet them because then you're not scrambling to decide, um, you know, if they're going to react in a positive or negative way or if they're part of the plot or not or whatever. You can instantly at least have some type of direction for their personality uh, because you're, you drive it by the motivation that you already set. And it might be as simple, like I said, it's, it's in your notes. You have the NPC laid out and you just have next to it like, you know, tired of work or like can't wait to get home to family or like loves his job and great customer service skills or like, you know, like what, whatever it might be or, or, you know, like, you know, really sick but needs the money so he's there. You know, like whatever the motivation is, like it instantly, you can instantly kind of give it some a little bit of characterization or something. Um, do any of you do that when you create your NPCs? I mean, obviously, you know, when it involves the plot, everyone does that because you have the NPCs motivated by the plot. But do you also do that with just general NPCs, like have kind of generic motivations that you give them to help bring them to life like I do? Absolutely. Actually, this yeah. was going to be my tip. Thanks, Rob. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so, that's great. <laughs> no, but I, so, so I thought is every NPC, even guard number four, Who's, who's watching the back door of the place they got to break into needs to have one motivation. And I prefer it if it has nothing to do with the plot there, there is like, I'm excited cause I'm new here or like, I just got in trouble with my boss and I've, I've like really cheesed off or it's like <sighs> my girlfriend messaged and she says that we have to have a talk. And now I'm like, and now I'm really worried about that. And now some PC, PC comes up and they're in some stupid costume and they're trying to get their way inside. And I'm now distracted because it's like, yeah, yeah, look, I need you to go away. I got to text my girlfriend back because she said we have to talk. And like, I'm really freaking out right now. Or you know, whatever it is, I, I like the idea of what well, the plot is what the player characters are really focused on. And everybody else has got their own story that they're focused on. And it 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 is just like, look, man, I need I need you to go away. I got, I got to pick up my kids from daycare. Uh, and, and you're coming in and you're trying to buy stuff from me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I... I, I I like the idea that they should all have one thing and whatever they do should kind of be kind of bending toward or through the lens of, is this helping me get my thing? Is this in the way of my thing? Am I irritated or am I happy dealing with these characters because of this other thing I got going on? Cause it's their story. And it, it can often become a way in role-playing situations. If the player characters can figure out what that character wants in order to manipulate something that they want that NPC to do. Um, and, and you might so not even know until right. they come up with it based on what you're doing, which is always the best. I oh, think. yeah. And sometimes it might be a little different than you were planning, but you kind of portray it away and they, they connect some different dots and it's just as good and you just lean into it. But uh, yeah, I've seen oh, that yeah. happen too, absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, it gives depth to the NPC, you know, when they have that, that you know, that, uh, their own motivation or their like one thing, like it's just... It's not just face value. It, it seems like they have some depth to the character, right? It's not just a, a background visual or something, you know, background actor or whatever, you know, I they think have it, a little. I think one of the things we're touching on is that the NPCs are a very much a fabric of whatever world you're making, right? So it can be very easy to focus on the heroes, the characters as being the only kind of like 3D people in, in a kind of paper oh, yeah. world. Uh, and that's the kind of feeling you want to avoid. You want to, especially if you're running something that's a bit more grounded, like cyberpunk, where you really are just supposed to be some guys making your way in a really tough kind of world. Giving everyone a reason to be there and a, and a reason to feel the way they feel and do the things they do just brings a little, just a, a little bit of texture to, to everything. Um, and then when the players kind of push against it and, and probe it and, and see how, how real it is and how you react, 
they suddenly feel like they're in a real a real world with dimensions that that is kind of going on aside from them uh and i think that's so so important for immersion it's so important as we you talk rob like yeah okay we have these detailed npcs for the plot because they're plot motivated but the background npcs the people who just happen they happen by are so important just for not so much for storytelling but for texture and world building uh, and if they have if they have a little bit of um, crunch to them, a little something to get the the teeth in, the players will relax into the world much more. I feel. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hell's yeah, I, I I totally agree with everything that's said. It adds authenticity to the NPC yeah. and it gives them reason. And not only that, it it reinforces what I was trying to say at the beginning as well. It gives the the the, the GM something to play with. You know what I mean? Like that's their character, that's their motive, that's yeah. what they're trying to put into the world. I, I, I already like if I, I can imagine myself at Seth, uh, sorry, Seth's table, and it's like guard number four. Like you're having problems with your girlfriend. Let's let's figure that out. Like let's take a moment and <laughs> like, yeah. right. It's just it just it adds a lot to the story. It adds a lot to the and like the thing is that it it doesn't have to fully serve the narrative and it doesn't have to fully serve the characters. It serves the NPC, uh, which 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 I love. Um, I forget which author said this, but the, an author said the same thing about the way they write books and bringing their NPCs and characters and just having those characters exist around their world and their story. Um, it just adds like so much texture and depth, right? It would have been Martin. I, I think it, I think I remember him saying something yeah. sort of similar to that when he yeah. talks about like how his characters get on and live and die and stuff he's like well yeah. they just they're doing their own thing and and yeah. sometimes they that gets them killed <laughs> <laughs> um and so, it also reminds me of a futurama meme i don't know if you guys know this one or not but it's uh it's the planet where they there it's like uh it's every npc i've ever made uh, i will now take my leave i live here so i won't actually going anywhere but you don't have to talk to me anymore um <laughs> i'll post it i'll post it in the, our little <laughs> round table chat but it it reminds me of that one as well oh yeah uh, that, that that slightly reminds me of venture brothers the aliens like ignore me and he's like seven foot tall with the big eye and he's like leaning <laughs> over them like videoing them to learn about humans or whatever and he's just like ignore yeah. me and he's like always right there in their shit you know yeah um, it's a regular household joke with my wife and I. <laughs> Ignore that, me! <laughs> that's awesome. So, hey, we're over Just to had you. a chance to act. With uh, amazing. Yeah, so Seth. Yeah, he Seth in his, in his hefty number four initiative out of, out of his <laughs> yeah. D20. Damn it, Seth. Well, actually, one thing I kind of, I kind of on, on that last one is, uh, which, which Phil reminded me of, is in, in Star Wars. The two best stormtroopers in Star Wars is, the and it's A New Hope, is... When they, 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 they get called and say, yeah, I think it's some sort of drill. And say, like, hey, you've seen those new speeder bikes? And they just start kind of bullshitting about this other stuff as, as Obi-Wan's doing his thing. Because, like, so these, these two guards just have their own little thing. They're kind of distracted, kind of chatting about it. And that made them, that made them actual people because that's what people do. They oh, weren't yeah. like, you know, we must follow orders and we must always be on, on point and, and we have no personality. Like... No, they're like two guys. Like, I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's a drill. Like, hey, man, did you see that? That the, the new the, the new those speeders out there. And that's the type of thing that if you if you can throw in as a GM adds that that texture to it of like, and and now they actually might feel bad about sniping that guard, but it's not going to stop them. But you know, they'll be like, oh man, uh, because it that that little thing that is so small made them made them real. So I just want to throw that on. Okay, so my backup, since my good one was taken, <laughs> thanks, Rob, um, is give them a a physical defining point quickly. That way, they can they can help do it. And it, it could, now you it took could one be, of mine. They've got a gold tooth. They have, you know, there is something uh, about them. Uh, we had um, he, he was a pawn shop guy that's been in like four cyberpunk campaigns of mine. A guy named Skinner who had a giant Russian cyber arm who did not give a shit. And he is mostly kind of modeled after a bartender at the beginning of Neuromancer, um, who, who just had this big, like, secondhand crappy cyber arm. And the moment that any of my character players would do it, and like, you go and say, there is a guy with this huge arm. He has, has to have his shirt modified just to get his sleeve through. It's like, oh, shit, is this Skinner? Like, yeah, it's Skinner. <laughs> and, and that kind of helps them visualize whatever that point is like 
you know, they're, they're, we've got one blue eye, one brown, or, or something just real quick physical description about them, they will, they'll gravitate to because otherwise they can be kind of these nebulous shapes. And once you add that one feature, the players in their imaginations will actually start filling in all the details around that once they get mm. that first, so you know, true. like memorable thing that you say about them physically they'll build the rest. You just have to get that one, like, this is what stands out about them. And, and it could yeah. just be what they're wearing or, or something, oh, yeah. but one concrete, this is how they look different than everybody else. Oh yeah. No, that, that. that was, what I that was do one of mine too, tracking. by the way, Seth. That was one of mine like, uh, too. But that just shows, you know, great minds think alike and stuff. Like all of us are, are game masters and these, these <laughs> are all valid tips and great things for NPCs, you know. Lots of crossover here. What were you saying, Phil? Uh, so this is uh, one thing I do for combat tracking, which um, yeah. can can kind of it, it, it serves two purposes. One keeps track of like who's who when you're doing MOOC one, two, three, and four. So instead of MOOC one, two, three, and four, you have goggles, you have no teeth, uh, you've got mohawk, and you've got cyberleg. Right? It's bam. You've got Perfect. Four, four people. Is it who? Who? Oh, uh, did. Who's been who's been shot? Who did you shoot three times? Oh, Cyberleg. Okay, I'm gonna finish yeah, off yeah. Cyberleg. Everyone's right? going for Cyberleg. There's the, the Cyberleg. Exactly. Great. And and it differentiates them and also builds that mental picture. So I think it does. It works really well for both. And then sometimes if I'm feeling particularly cruel, um, what I like to do is I, I you know I give them like a name and age and you know something they care about. <laughs> so you know like a. a <laughs> <laughs> and I've done explicitly end of combat to so be like, well, you killed uh, Marcus, age thirty-two. Uh, he leaves behind two children. <laughs> yeah. uh, you got to hit him in the uh, field. He's oh, only been horrible. working for Biotechnica for three months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just to pay uh, off so the yeah, student you... debt. You know, I did that in one of my teams two years ago. My very first Cyberpunk Red stream uh way back and um i did something similar where they killed a guard and like on his dying breath he was saying how he was doing it just to pay uh pay his way through school and like he was doing it because you know he had school he was trying to put himself through college he was just a, you know hired security guard he didn't care about the job but they killed him you know uh, but now all jokes aside though that i had the same thing that, that seth said kind of you know, that same tip about giving him something distinguishable or memorable and it also like this was the one I mentioned earlier, leaned into what you were saying, Phil, um, because I was I was saying, you know, give him like a physical attribute, an accent, a catchphrase, you know, something that like you can hang on to just something, you know, that, that, you know, like I'll buy that for a dollar, you know, just some, you know, where that's from. Right. So like instantly, you know, different things like that. And it yeah. goes goes hand in hand with just making them memorable, whether it's, you know, one simple thing just on that on that forefront that you can instantly pick up on. And I love your idea, Phil, of, you know, just calling them that for your, your, your combat tracker as a GM to help keep yourself organized. You oh, see, yeah. I do that on the team by their weapons sometimes. Like, oh, the guy with wolvers or the guy with gun and stuff, you know. But I mm. love the idea of doing it with, with traits and things too. It just helps seal the deal of how different they look and are. And it, I don't know. I really like that. That's a great idea. And you got to remember that all of those descriptors that you do add have the possibility of uh, well-building and enriching the story as well. Like uh, we're talking about how like one of them, you've killed... Was it Phil? The Cyber Lake Phil? Is that what you were saying? You, you kill that character and suddenly they're just trying to pay off their student debts. That adds to the story. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, mm. And that's how you, if you do play legacy games, like two years later, Phil's kids come off you because you killed Phil. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't, yeah don't, don't, don't be afraid to get creative with it because it's an opportunity to tell stories, uh, which is super cool as well. And I agree with the descriptors in I would. That's how, that's how you do theater of the mind. I, you need to have those descriptors. I love your legacy idea too. I would go dark if it was cyberpunk red or mm. something dystopian to where it's like, well, you killed him and now the loan collectors are coming after you to pay his debt yeah. now because you took, you know, he was making the yep. payments and now you're responsible. Like it'd be some 100%. weird, and it's legal. Night City oh, like yeah. approves it, like it carries over. That's legal. Yeah. Now you have to pay it or they get to, I don't know, harvest your 100%. cyberware. Um all right, you want to let's get into the the next. Let's do one more initiative and run around and, and see what we got for tips. I, I have like one more because we kind of crossed over, but I do have one more thing. Let's just see. Uh, let's let's roll the twenty here. I'm gonna roll high again. If not, oh, I got a Ooh. seventeen. Ah, oh, okay, I'm fine. A six. Fourteen. What'd you get, Phil? Uh, was it two? Uh, I got two. Oh, so okay. I think it's Seth to go first. 
No, 17, right? So I got 17. 17? I'll get 17. So 17, 14, yeah. 6, 17. and 2. Mine's quick and simple. It doesn't really have to do with like personality or style so much as it is using quick stats. It works on any TTRPG. I do it with Cyberpunk. I've done it with Dune, Fallout. Um, I, I plan on doing it with Cyborg and other ones I have upcoming here in the next month. But, um, you know, usually I'll have like a general combat number and a general social number. Sometimes I'll elaborate on that if I need to, where it's like an attack, a defense sort of thing, whether it's evasion or attacking, whether it's handgun, you know, uh, shoulder arms or melee or, or uh, karate. I'll just have like one general combat or like I said, break it into attack and defense. I'll have like one general social skill. I might break that down into a couple things, like if it's persuasion versus being perceptive, I might separate that a little. But generally speaking with NPCs, I'll, I'll kind of condense all the stats and numbers. Um, that way I'm not completely avoiding them and kind of just running on this um, uh, cinematic sort of character that doesn't matter. I give them a little bit of something just in case it ends up in crunch. What if the team, as Cold Spider said in chat earlier, like, note to team, don't kill all the NPCs, which is funny because a lot, a lot of teams do that. They, they're kind of beat up on NPCs or kind of mean <laughs> mean to them sometimes, you know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, sometimes you need, the, you need a combat skill or a social skill. They're going to interact. They're going to interrogate. They're going to talk. And it might not just be as simple as a, a little interaction with the bodega guy about his girlfriend. It might involve something a little deeper and you're going to need you know those numbers to work with so that's my tip is i'll usually kind of break it down at, at least in the most minimum sense a combat number and a social number sometimes i'll, I'll uh, you know elaborate on those a little bit but what about you guys one you son of a bitch you stole mine again um <laughs> so, so i was actually going to go off of the old cyberpunk 2020 the fast dirty expendables where they basically put four sheets on on the same one and uh, so when you're when you're trying to stat your bad guys and you've got a bunch of guards and minions and goons and, and all that what i would normally do is a lot of them might have the exact same stats as one another except for some individual features they might have like four items listed and I'll just have like ABCD and I was like, well, these are the four guards and these are the, the things that make them unique. Or I will have, um, in other games I will have, they have one skill that's really high. It's always like a different skill. And I'll just have like a bunch of words written next to it. of Like, well, this is the guy that's really good at this. Um, but they're essentially the same person just yeah. over and over again with like a quick little note that makes them different. Different. Uh, because a lot of new game masters, they don't know that. And they've got like these elaborate character sheets for guard number four. Right. It's like, no, Absolutely. dude, you don't, four. you don't need to do that. Yeah. Well, think back when you first were first, you know, your very first Make campaign, you the first campaign you ever wrote. I mean, it, you know, it's pages. You're writing every possibility elaborate. You're describing everything. Like you said, you have full character sheets for NPCs sometimes. Like a lot of times GMs will do that on their first times. And then you start realizing it's like, ah, you know, like you got to got to kind of condense it outline style or get it down smaller and allow the player agency to kind of elaborate what's going to happen there. Cause it's, you know, it's never going to go the exact way that you plan or exactly with what you have. But uh, yeah, no, I love that idea though. Kind of like the same one, but giving them like a little twist and different mm. twist. Yeah, it's mm. cool. The, the got, player uh, has I've a got... full detailed sheet because they only have to run that person, right? And they, they've got that one guy until you kill them, um, you <laughs> know, or, or they retire. Uh, so they can they can afford to have a million different things on there. It's You've true. got every single possible person they might run into, uh, all the people they want to try and kill, um, you know, and anyone they throw a spanner in and decide to try and bring up out of their past or anyone from their life path. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Want to? They want to meet someone, and you you can't really afford to 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 do that with everything. You've got a lot of prep to do usually, uh, depending on your style. Uh, so don't be afraid, as Rob says, to be a bit, uh, and you know, as they say in the 20th fast and dirty. Uh, these guys are running off, uh, they're not good fighters, they're running off base five, plus five to their handguns, boom. All of them are shooting at plus fives and you just run the combat that way, you know? Love it. I actually have several characters that have the exact same stat blocks. I just theme them differently, voice them differently, and story tell them differently. And there's there's no way that the players can really tell. And they 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 yeah. appreciate the characters for different reasons. They serve different purposes as well. Um, and they're the exact same numbers, right? And I can change those numbers uh, if I need to in the and when it serves the story or whatnot. But um, I think that I think you're right. Reskinning is is probably one of your your best ways to handle NPCs, uh, so you can focus on the storytelling and and where they want to go, and then make the adjustments as you go for sure. Yeah, yeah. like Phil, like uh, you were saying with the 
stat with like the five and give them five. They're a basic uh, sort of goon vibe. The same thing with our, our Sirenscape Weekly, like what I did when you ran into the bozos. If you noticed, there was kind of like those three tiers of bozos, that general clown makeup overlay yeah. I was using, the slightly scarier one with the pointy teeth that was a little tougher to fight. He had the slightly higher stats and skill levels. And then like the boss and the big guy, you know, like, so I kind of had like three levels of like the weak one where Phil was just popping heads with the sniper rifle and they're taking them out left and right. Then the, the other ones that put up a decent fight did some damage back and then kind of like the head boss that should have been more difficult, but Phil kind of fucked him up pretty quick. But uh, <laughs> but anyways, you get the point like, yeah, you know, even even if you condense the stats, you can still kind of tier them like a really weak version with a really low combat yeah. and social number and then just boost it a little, then boost it the most. And there you have like a couple different levels to work with and you can always change it as you go. That's the other thing is if you're you're GMing and the players are having a yeah. really easy time, beef it up a little or add more of the the weaker Two ones. Two ninjas or vice versa if they're really getting beat up. Two ninjas maybe you need appear. To... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yes, Seth. We're over to you with initiative. And that gives it opportunities for. Yeah. Sorry. Oh no. 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 no, no, no go no, ahead. No. Yeah. Yeah. What, what else you got? Yeah, right. to come up with something because it was like, ah, oh, no one's gonna <laughs> get mine. But then then along comes Rob. Um. <laughs> I was going to be, we, we actually made a lot of jokes about having the guard or the bad guy that we're going to be going up against actually be kind of likable. And you kind of feel some empathy toward him. I also like to have it where you have a person who is not a bad guy, who is also really unlikable, but the player characters have to interact with them. They're like shopkeeper that's just an ass or, or the, the person, which what they're known for is they they have to work with this person. They like, they might be their boss or, or whatever. And they're not villainous in any way, but they're also just so damned unlikable that it, it actually adds a nice little twist when they go and they meet the guard. And now they're, they're helping the guard out with his girlfriend trouble right before they have to put a bullet in the back of his head. And they're all like, man, I really like Steve. And then they go back to this jerk. Who's the one that's trying to buy the MacGuffin that they had to get from him. And so don't be afraid to have your even your friendly NPCs be jerks, not backstabbing, just just jerks. You know, like they'll, they're not going to backstab them, but they're going to talk down to them. They're going to be just rude or, or, or everything because the characters, the players will love it because they feel this emotion <laughs> toward that character, even if it is hate. Like, I fucking hate this guy. Yeah. And it's the, the guy that sells armored shirts. I mean, right. Like, right. <laughs> it's again. And I, and I, what I'll say to that as well is that, like, a lot of the time the NPCs won't know that they're jerks, right? A lot of the time they're just, like, trying to do their thing. They're trying to do what's best for them, serving their own motives, right? right. So you can lend them that authenticity, but it's like, I sell chain shirts. That's all I do. I don't want you to whatever. I'm trying to buy the MacGuffin. Leave me alone. And, and that's <laughs> that's their whole deal. Uh, and like the NPCs might hate that, but they're gonna do what's best for them, right? Because that's the authenticity of the the NPC of the character. Where yeah, no, I did that 100. I agree with Seth there. Absolutely. Um, who's next in initiative? Was it Phil or, or Dread? Who we got? Uh, me with a six. Yeah, um, one thing that I'll point to is as much as uh, my first point was that NPCs are your, your way to play. Also uh, recognize that NPCs are the JM's superpower. It's through that you're able to do a great many things in the story uh, to affect the player's motives and to uh, breathe life into the story as well. You, as, as Seth said before, those two um, stormtroopers were well building. Uh, they're talking about the new speeders, you know? Like you can also do the same with your NPCs as well. You can talk about Frank's uh, shop down the road running out of chain shirts and that sets up a story for you, you know, in the future where you find out that iron is now rarer than gold uh, and you can you can do that world building uh, in play right so one of my favorite things to do with NPCs is to help people um, realize things in the story or realize things that they might be able to do by having that NPC there or having that NPC be able to affect it. it's like oh you know if we if we just had that we just had that grenade that uh, we could blow the door wide open. If we just had someone that could blow the door open, I've got a grenade. Why, why didn't I think about using the grenade to open the door? And that's just like one very basic sort of example. Oh, but yeah. you can you can facilitate like you can facilitate play with them uh, in ways that uh, that aren't just you saying across the table, "Hey, you've got a grenade. You could use the grenade." But no, you've got a grenade because you took it from Steve. 
after you shot him in the head. I think that's he's great. Just trying to. Steve. A lot of GMs Steve. are scared to to do stuff like that too. They feel it's yeah. too meta or whatever, you know, like mm, they're too railroading yeah. or meta gaming. But like that is a that's another great tip. I'm glad you mentioned that because some yeah, sometimes, yeah. like say the players, they never engage with those NPCs to ever learn that over there in that town, iron's worth more than worth more than gold. Yep. Now they never know. Now yeah. they can't do the trade to get the money they need to do whatever next. Yeah, exactly. So now you kind of got to have this next NPC just random. Yeah. Oh, did you hear these rumors? You know, and like now you got yeah. and you put it in the game rather than just saying it outright to the players, you say it as an NPC yeah. to the characters in, in a tactful way. And, ah, oh, what a great... I'm glad you mentioned yeah, that. Because exactly. uh, I think a lot yeah, of new so, gems are scared to do stuff like that. And you can yeah, and you can do that a little bit to keep exactly. the game going, you know? It's actually one it's of the things so that a lot of It's also valuable for new players. Yeah, go through. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, 100%. And that way... It's they, that little they, reminder. Right? NPC, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. They're a superpower. They they are yeah. they can help you do so many things. They they don't just have to be like, oh, I'm here to sell you something. It's like, no, <laughs> I want things too. Um, yeah, obviously mm-hmm. you, you don't want to be like oh, someone the nose like, oh, if only you had a grenade. But it's like you can right, right. you can facilitate you can do it more tactfully than that. And uh, but by saying, set oh, you- but by session three yeah. they didn't figure it out, and it should have been at the beginning of session one. Maybe, maybe then you are like, ah, if we only had a grenade, you know, because you're getting yep. that. Fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah exactly. There's no way we could violently blast through this obstacle. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we only throw. <laughs> no, I think that's great. That's a great tip, though. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of uh, GMs need to know. You know, NPCs they're they're a tool, and they can be very powerful. You know, they can be a, yeah. a plot mover, and they can kind of help help the players and help kind of keep keep the things going and moving forward they're the glue that yeah, you kind 100%. of keep the plot together if things are getting derailed and like seth said especially with new players that are you know learning the ins and outs of a game and what to kind of look for and how to figure things out and stuff sometimes it's, it's you don't get it right away you know you get in a lot of games yeah, exactly. and then you kind of get the feel of how things work and stuff but uh yeah i think that's great yeah exactly you got anything left phil or ha- have we all tapped the well dry what else we got Next. Well, I've got, I've got one more, I've got one more thing. One nice. more thing. So, I, I, and I hope it kind of ties a few things together. Um, so, we talked a lot about sort of background NPCs, doing NPCs on the fly, and like filling in background detail. Um, but uh, the other side of that is, you know, your feature NPCs. Mm. So these guys are plot important. They have valuable info that's needed, or they they are paying for the job to get done, or they're motivating it. Um, you know, they might come from the background of one of the PCs. So these guys, you can afford to take more time with. Uh, pour some prep into these guys. Stat them out in more detail if you want to. Uh, think more about uh, not just what they want, but what they know, because they might have incomplete knowledge about what's happening, right? So they might want you to steal a program from a database, but they are misinformed about how bad this how tight security is right and they give you the wrong info so what they what they know in their internal world is worth kind of working out ahead of time and you know you're going to spend some time with this npc maybe they're going to join the party maybe they're going to guide them through something maybe they want to supervise you know and if you have someone like this pour some extra love into them give them uh some background some motivations uh, some relationships uh, you know, give them a physical characterization, hunch shoulders, stand tall, give them some voice. And as well, our very first tip, this is a chance to really have fun and be creative with one of these creations. Really make them 3D, you know, make them make them uh, memorable. And another tip, maybe maybe they're going to be an asshole, you know. Maybe this person that you're going to force them to spend a whole kind of campaign with is really rubs them the wrong way you know and that's part of the friction you know maybe they come from someone's background but in a negative way they're an old enemy that now you have to team up with um your feature npcs uh they they the love will will kind of reflect back out into your game and your players will really appreciate that and hook onto these people if you have taken your feature npc and and really thought about what it is that makes them tick uh, what they want, and, and also uh, give them an opportunity to change as well. You know, maybe you can, maybe they can soften their rough edges. You know, maybe they can give them some hope where they had none before. 
maybe you betray them and suddenly they become cynical or they become an enemy down the line. Give them give them a chance to to shift and change with the storytelling as well. So it's kind of the opposite end from these kind of fast and dirty tips yeah. is that you can you can have a lot of fun yourself and you can really uh, enrich your game uh, by focusing down onto that important PC and do everything that you might do when preparing preparing a new player character. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because we were mentioning the yeah. fast ones and some are returning or deeper or bigger and yeah, you might yeah. want to elaborate more rather than the quick one, yeah. I was say, no matter how much work you put into them in advance and how much elaborate backstory, you're still going to remember Steve, that one guard who was having I know, trouble. they are, yeah. yeah. At, at the end of the day, it was their yeah. favorite. You're like, yeah. man, I spent so long on that that one big bad guy and <laughs> it was Steve the whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Marceline, yeah. you know, who's fighting for her community. Uh, no, don't don't care about no. her. Yeah, no, right. You know, Steve. <laughs> it's Steve. It's Steve. It's always Steve. No, I think. Uh, but then, yeah. then go and set out Steve. Go and give him some depth. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. It. it was Steve all along. And so, Marceline, hey, Marceline was the girlfriend of Steve. And look, the, we didn't know that. What we you just now. what you just joked on is is kind of a tip worth saying too. There, Phil, is the fact that sometimes you'll have a quick, easy NPC that the players bring more life into than you ever thought. Like he was just going to be that bodega guy that's just trying to work. He's been working doubles all week to pay. And all of a sudden they get more and more involved. They do this, they pay him. They're going to, they, they help Steve with his girlfriend. And now they're going to, no, no, we need to go to your house. We'll talk to her. We'll persuade her. We're going to like, all of a sudden it like, you're like, wait, what are we doing? And all of a sudden you're on a, you're on, you're on this side arc. You're on a side arc with this NPC. So now you're going to, you're going to elaborate some things that the players helped kind of pull out of that NPC. And I've seen that happen. So I think yeah. all jokes aside, I think, Phil, there, there's See, the yeah. second part to your your tip there. Yeah, I think that's great. We're, we're giggling because we will be there. Exactly. Yeah, we definitely will be there. It happens. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, on, on that, though, like, you've, got to, you've also got to be, like, one thing I'll say with, like, your feature NPCs is allow them to be affected that's something that i don't think gets said very often that you have your big npcs the ones that you're like oh i've spent so many hours thinking about what they would say in this moment and what they would do and like what's happening in the world and then something happens and you're just like well i could just sidestep it this way give the uh, ability for the story and the players uh and the, everything that happens to affect that NPC as much as you might pour that love and that respect into that character. We, we, we sit down at the table and we bring our toys to the table, which are our characters, our worlds, our NPCs, because we want to see them affected and changed, broken and remade. Uh, it's really important to put it all out there and, and give that sort of like same thing that their players give you uh, to them. Uh, there's one character that I absolutely adored, and uh, it was it was in it was in uh, a fantasy setting, and it was a um, it was a Draco Lich that had been turned into a uh, like an elithid. So it was a Draco elithid Lich, uh, and it was it had all these like stories in my head that it was going to happen, and then they they brought the pain, they smacked it down and destroyed it, and this this I had beautiful art done for it as well from from my partner, and they killed it. And I had to be okay with that because it was a part of the story, uh, and that's and I I brought my my piece to the table, and that was a part of the story going forward. And uh, it, it really reminded me that hey, that happens with anything that you make at the table. You have to be okay with it being. You got to kill your darlings. You got to oh, kill yeah. your darlings. Yeah, one hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that was great. I, I think, think that's uh, everyone two rounds. Yeah, I think we, we covered two rounds. And I think there was enough crossover there that, uh, you know, we kind of covered each other's subjects a bit to where uh, I, I, I definitely didn't leave anything on the table. Did anybody else? Any any last no. tips? Anything? No. Yeah, I think is, we there, is there anything it. from the chat, Rob, that, that caught your eye? Uh, no, I was checking it out the whole time, too. For the most part, uh, people were agreeing with what we're saying. You know, I think it was a lot of great tips because uh, people were relating. And we have a lot of fellow players and GMs there that I know from my games and ones that were pointing out fans of Seth and Phil and Dread and stuff. And, um, and yeah, I think, I, I think we pretty much nailed it. I'm real happy that we, we brought the GM roundtable back, Phil. We had... Great guests. Thank you so much, Seth and Dredd, for joining us. Awesome and, and yeah, make it, making this subject uh, just come to life. I, I, uh, you know, I, I had it envisioned in my mind. We'd be going around the table doing this initiative thing and, and rocking out some tips. But, um, but it went much better than I thought. I, I, just, I, I got some out of this myself. I think that we were able to elaborate our own thoughts with each other's help. And uh, 
and it was just really cool to just see uh, all these tips come to life collectively. And hopefully people watching, uh, you know, they find this helpful. You know, if you're watching this and uh, you found it helpful and you got some good tips out of this for your NPCs, make sure you like and share the video, whether you're watching the VOD on YouTube or right now you're watching the live, make sure you sub. Also, check out the description. I'm going to put everyone's social links in the description of the VOD. So make sure you take a moment and you go check out Seth, you go check out Dread, Phil, check out what I have going on. Check out all the links in the description and show us some love. You know, we do this stuff because we have a passion for tabletop role-playing games. We truly do love doing this, but I'd be lying if I didn't say it's absolutely validated with your support. So, you know, if you like it, you share it, you check out what we have going on. It just, it means so much to us. So please do. Um, any last words, Phil? I mean, am I being killed off? <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know, before I kill the transmission here, just uh, wanted to kind of go around the table and let anyone say their last their last oh, words before I... <laughs> Turns out, Phil, that you were Steve all along. You were Steve Sorry. all along. <laughs> uh, no, it's just great to be back. Great to be back. Uh, come back for the next one, uh, everybody, uh, and uh, hopefully we'll have you guys back on at some point as well. Oh, absolutely. Please, this was amazing. Yeah, any last words from you, Dread, before I kill this transmission? Uh... Keep creating uh, and and keep keep playing. It's important. Uh, I'm, I have a passion for it, and, I, and I'm so lucky to be up here with everyone else who, who shares that passion. Uh, I, I I totally agree. Uh, so keep spreading that passion for tabletop role playing games because we got we got some really cool stories to tell together. Hell yeah, well put. Yeah. Definitely, Seth. You know, the only other thing I would just kind of add on to that is. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of work that we talked about, but the ultimate thing is we do this to have fun and to have fun with our friends and to make a bunch of memories. And everything we do and all the work we put in is only the sake of having fun and, and lots of laughing. And so never forget when you're trying to come up with a perfect story, this is all about having fun. And that's, all, that's the only thing that matters. That's perfect. Let's end it right Check there. Us. We'll see everyone next time, last Friday of the month. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye! Sacrimation on the